This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. This is episode number three with Michael Hyatt. Hang on just one second. I'm going to sure. kill a wasp. I just found yet another use for my book. <laughs> <laughs> what a day. This is On Purpose with Justin Barclay. Extraordinary stories of ordinary heroes on the Blaze Radio Network. He was a big cheese climbing the corporate ladder until one small step threatened to throw him off. It was a hell scare. He was able to turn that trial into a triumph. And now he shares what he learned, those lessons here with us today on this episode. Michael Hyatt, New York Times bestselling author, of course, an in-demand speaker. I got to tell you, one of my favorite podcasts to listen to, This Is Your Life. Great blog at MichaelHyatt.com and just an all-around great guy. Welcome to the show, Michael Hyatt. Thanks, Justin. Good to be with you. Hey, you know, I got to tell you, like I said, I've been kind of, uh, uh, I've really been watching you, been listening to your uh, podcast, reading your books, reading your blog for a while now, and um, grateful for the kind of stuff that uh, that you provide and, and, and the message that you put out there. So when I saw your latest book, This, this Living Forward, you know, it really resonated with me. I just kind of, before we get into it, because I have it right here, I've, I've, I've read it and I love it. Thank um, you. But before we really get into the book and, and how, I mean, how it really perfectly aligns with what we talk about uh, living on purpose, um, I want to just kind of talk to you a little bit about your story and, yeah. uh, you know, how you, how you got to this point. Yeah, well, I was uh, pursuing a career in the publishing industry, and in 2000, I was the assistant general manager of one of Thomas Nelson Publishers' 14 publishing divisions, and I suddenly, when my boss resigned, got promoted to his job as general manager of that same division. And Again, there were 14 divisions, but we were dead last in every possible financial metric, you know, least uh, profitable, we had the lowest sales growth. You know, every every single metric, it was not good. So the CEO said to me, he said, how long will it take you to turn this around? And so I just pulled a number out of the air. Of course, I didn't tell him that. And I said, uh, I think it's going to take about three years. And he said, okay, you know, then go after it. So I went back with my team, uh, shared with them the vision, also shared with them where we were at. They had no idea that we were dead last. And we worked like crazy for the next uh, 18 months and went from number 14 to number one in 18 months which was just awesome. That was the good news. The bad news was that it came at considerable cost because all of us were working nights and most of the weekends. We were traveling like crazy. I wasn't eating real well. Um, I wasn't working out. I felt like in my relationship with my wife, we were kind of drifting further and further apart. And I ended up in the ER three different times thinking I was having a heart attack. And finally, the last time, my cardiologist said to me, your heart's fine. This is just acid reflux, but it's being caused by some kind of stress in your life. So tell me what's going on. So I told him, and then he was very stern with me. He said, um, look, 
if you don't proactively take control of this and do something to regain work-life balance, you're going to likely end up here for real. So a mutual friend connected me with Daniel Harkavy at Building Champions. He's the co-author of Living Forward, as you know, and connected us. And he became my executive coach. And the very first thing he did, Justin, was walked me through the life planning process. And so for the first time ever, I took a day and I created a life plan where I began to give serious focus and attention to the non-work related areas of my life and get really clear on what it is that I wanted and needed in those areas of my life. And that was a game changer. You know, Michael, when I hear you describe that, it's so funny because I, uh, I went through something very, um, very similar. And I have a, a friend who, who did too, had health issues mm. because I think when you get so focused and you get so intense, I found I was um, unhealthily <laughs> yeah. intense and, and uh, obsessed with, with what I was doing when I you know worked in radio for 20 years. And it was all I ever thought about. And, and I know he, for him, too, but he very similarly found himself in the hospital um, and he, he had congestive heart failure. He had a kidney failure. Wow. And um, he was you know, an executive for a major radio company. And, you know, he just kind of had to make that choice eventually to, uh, you know, that the job was killing him. And I think, you know, it's so funny because nowadays what I hear so much of from a lot of prominent folks is this kind of buzzword. uh, And uh, I just want to get your take on this because I hear it and I think, boy, these, uh, these people, when they say this, there's a lot of responsibility because I don't I don't think people understand what you just kind of described and the necessity to kind of balance things. But I hear that buzzword hustle quite a bit. And I think it's overused. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, you know, certainly I have a strong work ethic and I advocate having a stronger work ethic because I want to win at work, but I want to succeed at life. And I think the problem with the hustle mindset is that we're always on and we really use it exclusively in the context of work. And and the truth is we need to be able to surge and then retreat, you know, to be able to work hard, but also make sure that we're getting adequate rest, that we're tending to our own health and wellness, both physically and emotionally and intellectually and spiritually. And it's not usually said in that context. And, and the other problem with the hustle concept, uh, in, in my opinion, Justin, is that a lot of people, uh, they don't really have hard boundaries on their day. So Parkinson law, law takes over and their work expands to the time allotted for it. And so what maybe could take eight hours or 10 hours if they had some hard boundaries of when they were going to quit and go home, ends up filling up 12 or 14 hours because there's there's no end to it. And the truth is, if you're an entrepreneur, especially, or if you're an executive, there's always more work than there is time. And you've got to come to terms with that. You know, there's always going to be something else to do, but you have to decide when you're done. And that takes having a clear vision of what you want uh, the totality of your life to be. I look at it with kind of in the same vein as quantity versus quality. You know, you can do a lot of work and you can do it all the time. But at some point, your quality is going to suffer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of the things we don't give adequate attention to is rest. Mm. You know, get enough sleep. And I'm a a big proponent of naps, as you probably know, because you follow my stuff. Mm. 
But, you know, the, the effects of not having enough rest are things like we lack focus. You know, that's why when you're tired, you have to keep reading the same page over and over again, mm-hmm. you know, because your mind is drifting off. You're just not rested. Uh, when you're not rested, you're not productive. And worse is when you're not rested, when you're not getting adequate rest, it has some serious negative health impacts. It's difficult. It's hard on your heart. It's hard on your immune system. All that takes rest to be functioning at peak performance. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of the opposite of our always on, always distracted, never-ending hustle lifestyle. So it's probably a good place to take a break right here. And I want to talk a little bit about, you know, we've, we've talked about your health problems. We talked about what really brought you to this boiling point. And it's kind of a crisis moment. But... What was that light bulb moment? You know, Oprah calls it the aha. You know, what was that thing that really made a difference for you? The breakthrough. And how did it kind of change your life to where you started living forward? The name of the book, Michael Hyatt. When we continue next. This is On Purpose. On Purpose. On the Blaze Radio Network. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. is on purpose on on the blaze radio network welcome back justin barclay with michael hyatt talking about the brand new book living forward and it's born out of michael's own experiences you know the tough tragedy trial that he faced his own health battle climbing the corporate ladder and how he turned that trial into triumph there was a light bulb moment let's talk a little bit about that and how that can help you michael what was the breakthrough what was that um you know sort of the aha moment yeah i think the light bulb moment for me was that i realized that i didn't i no longer had to drift but that i could start designing the outcomes that i wanted in every area of my life and that gave me enormous sense of uh, clarity and then power to be able to actually affect those changes. So I never really thought about, you know, what is the picture of health that I want? Mm-hmm. What does it look like in my marriage? What would it look like if my my marriage were functioning at its ideal? Uh, my parenting, you know, what would it be like if I were the best dad I could possibly be? And so I got clear in all those different areas by going through that life planning exercise. And One of the things, as you know, we talk about in the book is this concept of the drift. And every story has a villain, and the drift is the villain of our story. And I'll just tell you a quick story that I tell in the book. But um, my wife and I, Gail, had been married about 10 years, and we decided to go on a vacation to Hawaii. And we saved all our money. We got there using airplane miles mostly, and we didn't have a lot of money to do entertainment. So we noticed that the hotel we were staying at was offering free snorkeling lessons. So we went down to the pool, got checked out, went out to the reef. I mean, our minds exploded. It was unbelievably Mm -hmm. gorgeous. 
Yeah, so the next morning, we rented some snorkeling gear, and we decided or found out that we could rent it for about $10 for the entire week, so it was really cheap. We said, this is something we can do, and so we went out into this lagoon that was adjacent to the hotel, and it was still very early in the morning. Uh, there was not a soul on the beach. It was really quiet. There were hardly any ripples in the water, but it was crystal clear, and we put on our snorkeling gear and started paddling around, and we were totally mesmerized and distracted by all the multicolored fish that we saw and the seaweed that was gently swaying in the, mm-hmm. in the current with the sunlight reflecting on it. And it was like swimming in a giant aquarium. Mm-hmm. So we're going there, you know, just captivated for about 45 minutes when I looked up and suddenly realized that we had been caught in a riptide. And now we were so far out to see that the that the hotel looked like a little postage stamp in the distance. And my wife looked up about that time. She gasped and she said, what are we going to do? And fortunately, we had this boogie board with us. And so I said, look, we're going to grab onto this thing and we're going to swim as hard as we can to the shore. Hmm. And by that time, the riptide had had evidently gone out of there. We weren't smart enough to know you're not supposed to swim against it. Hmm. But we swam hard for about 45 minutes to an hour, finally got to the beach, pulled ourselves up on the sand and collapsed. But that's become a metaphor for us in the book of how most people live their lives. You know, they don't get up in the morning and say, you know what? I think I'm going to uh, accumulate massive debt and go bankrupt. Or I think I'll incrementally start to move away in my most significant relationships where eventually I'll end up in a separation or a divorce. Mm -hmm. Or I'm not going to pay attention to my health and, you know, just kind of see what happens. But the truth is no one ever drifted to a destination they would have chosen. And the alternative to drifting is designing, taking responsibility for the outcomes of your life and beginning to design a life that you really, really want to live and can be proud of. It's such a powerful metaphor to that story is, is, uh, I mean, when I, when I hear it, I think the same thing, you know, because you always hear that, right? That there's uh, you got to have a plan because if you don't, somebody else does. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Think about that. And uh, if I look at certain things in my life, when I've been my most successful in certain areas, especially, it was when I had this crystal clear picture of exactly what I wanted. And I knew exactly how I was going to get it. If I didn't know exactly how I was going to get there, I kind of figured it out on the way. But I at least knew where I was going. I think a lot of times in life, I'm, you know, I'm just as guilty. I I think that we um, as people just kind of ignore certain certain other areas because we're just not taught this stuff in school, Michael. I mean, no, we're not. And and it's probably the most important thing we could contemplate. Where is this all going? You know, what do I really want in life? And I find that most of the people I I coach and consult with and teach and you know, all the rest, you know, the biggest thing that they're lacking is clarity. They just don't know. You know, they may have clarity in their work, but it's never occurred to them to try to get clarity in some of these other areas of life. And that's why we walk you through in the book, these three powerful questions that are all designed to give you clarity and courage and really focus on what to do next. Those three questions are pretty powerful. And Michael, you can tell us what they are next. Matter of fact, if you want to see these questions, you can see them in our show notes at justinbarclay.com slash purpose 003. More with Michael Hyatt living forward right after this. 
This is On Purpose with Justin Barclay on the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin. Their reaction to what is now the day-to-day common vulgarity of the public forum. Can we begin to imagine their reaction, say, to last Thursday's debate for President of the United States with the Republicans, same party as Ronald, the leading candidate of the Republicans defending the dimensions of his manhood. Jay Severin. Weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. This is On Purpose with Justin Barclay on the Blaze Radio Network. Michael Hyatt, author of Living Forward, was climbing the corporate ladder until he hit a snag. Health crisis pushed him off track. Briefly, until he found his way again. His inner compass, the GPS. He talks about how to find that by asking three questions. What are they? So the first one is, how do you want to be remembered? You know, kind of the myth of our culture is that you're going to live forever. And we put the fact of our mortality completely out of sight, out of mind, so that we don't have to think about it because it's kind of morbid. But uh, the truth is, it can be enormously clarifying to do what Stephen Covey talked about, which was to begin with the end in mind. And this is the ultimate end in mind, our own end. But then to realize that there's going to be a series of conversations when we pass about our legacy. And I think sometimes people think that their legacy is, you know, that's something that only rich and famous people have. You know, Winston Churchill had a legacy. Bill Gates will have a legacy. Warren Buffett will have a legacy. But guys like us, we're not going to have a legacy. <laughs> but the truth is, we all have a legacy because we all have influence. We all have impact. And the question is not whether you're going to have a legacy. The question is whether it's going to be positive or negative. In 2005, my father-in-law died. He was a full Air Force colonel. Mm. We had a big military funeral with the jet flyovers and the 21-gun salute and all that. Mm. That was back when they were still doing that stuff. And uh, then we came over to my house, all the family, all the close friends, and literally for the next eight hours or so, we looked through pictures, we laughed, we cried, we talked about the enormous impact that my father-in-law had had on each of us. And he lived an extraordinary life and a very positive uh, legacy he left us. And I, I realized in that moment that all of us have the opportunity to become the architects or the engineers of those conversations that will inevitably take place when we pass and ask ourselves the questions, how, how do we want our spouse to remember us or our significant other or our children or the people that we work with? Or if you're in social media, your followers, how do you want to be remembered. And it doesn't have to be, you know, just the, the luck of the draw. It can be very intentional and it can be very uh, designed and it can begin now. I mean, I think that's one of the great gifts that we have is we're not dead yet. Steve Jobs said that he found that death was one of the most important tools ever for discovering the real meaning of life because everything else just kind of fades away when you dial it, you know, fast forward and go to the very end of your life and see that, wow, Nothing that I think is important today is probably going to matter in a few years, Mm. but I wonder if I'm giving my attention to the things that matter most and the people that matter most. And so to consider what um, my co-author Daniel Harkavy talks about the front row at your funeral, you know, the people that will be sitting there, you know, are those the people that are getting the bulk of our attention and our focus today? And so this can be enormously clarifying to us to talk about 
um, these legacy statements or to, to write a series of legacy statements about what we want to mean to these people and how we want to be remembered by these various uh, people in our lives. And I know you go a lot further in depth and in detail in the book on exactly what to write and, and how to, to craft this. But boy, does it do a lot really um, when you start to think about really shifting your perspective because I think life moves so fast. You know, you made that point. We just have all these distractions. Um, and, y- you know, you get caught up in that riptide. You get caught up in that drift. And you find yourself one day where you where you don't want to be. That's exactly right. You end up being at a place of regret mm-hmm. where you look back over your life and you go, gosh, I wish I'd spend more time with the people that matter most. Yeah. You know, or developing relationships and all the rest. When we talk about knowing what you want and how important that is, what about knowing what you don't want? Does does that play some role? Because I mean, the, the absolutely. Might, you know, I just I know that I don't want. <laughs> I don't know exactly what I want, but I know that I don't want this. No, I think that's part of the process, part of the uh, experimentation of life. But it really comes down to that second question: is what matters most to you? Hmm. And most of us know what our spouse wants or what's important to them. We know what our boss wants and what's important to him. We know what our parents think is important, but what's important to us. Mm. And this is really a question about priorities. And one of the things that Daniel and I do in the book is that we suggest that your life, most lives have at least nine different categories, or we call them life accounts. And a life account is some category of your life that like a bank account could have a surplus or it could be in the negative. It could be overdrawn. And to identify those accounts, to rank them, and then to assess them is a critically important thing. So for me, just in my life, not everybody will have the same um, kind of priorities. But for me, it's God first, then myself, and then my wife, and then my children after that. And I, sometimes people are curious about why I put myself so high in the list. But you know, my perspective is that unless you take care of yourself you're not of any use to anybody else. And I really live to serve. I want to serve the people that I love the most. And the only way I can do that is if I take care of myself. You know, if I end up in the ER with a real heart attack, I'm going to be out of commission. I'm not going to be of much use to my employer or to my customers. I'm not going to be of much use to my family. And so I've got to give attention to myself. But the cool thing is that once you get that list of priorities, it becomes a filter. Because then you can say no to the non-essentials so that you can say yes to the things that are really in alignment with those priorities and really move the ball forward in terms of the vision you have for your own life. And I think most of us, especially those of us that are recovering people pleasers, Hmm. struggle with because, you know, people ask us stuff and because we don't have a list of priorities, we just say, sure, you know, why not? And before long, our calendar's populated with all kinds of things that uh, are not the important things and don't lead us to the destination we want to go to. And so we've got to get that that list of priorities and we've got to get it clear so that we can make those tough decisions when push comes to shove. I found that I don't know how it is for everyone else, but I know at least for me in my life that when I've been my happiest, it's when I was in direct alignment with those things that you, you said, the values, the priorities. And I think that makes a big difference. I wanted to show you this too, Michael, as you were just talking and telling me about why it's so important and the importance of your priorities and, and how you listed them. I thought, man, that is really interesting because as I've been kind of thinking about this myself, 
Uh, there's a book I read every day. You're probably familiar with it. It's called Jesus Calling. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's by Sarah Young. And in today's, uh, they're just little devotionals, little little uh, pieces uh, read every day. And, and today it says, learn to, there's one part that says, learn to depend on me alone. Um, and it talks about when you find your completeness in me, you can help other people without using them to meet your own needs. And, it, you know, really putting God first then you become fulfilled and complete and you can then really fulfill your purpose and help other people. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. You know, and again, it comes down to those priorities and itemizing them and, and we won't have different priorities or we won't have the same priorities. And indeed, our, our priorities shift depending on the season of our life. You know, I don't, do you have small kids? No, we have three dogs that think they're kids. <laughs> <laughs> that may be worse. I don't know. Not yet. We, <laughs> kids well, soon, though, yeah. At uh, one point, we had five daughters under the ages of 10. Mm. And our priorities were very different then than they are today, where all of our kids are grown and we have eight grandchildren now. But the, the thing about the life planning process is that it's flexible. Mm. And this is not like you get the life plan and now you've got this rigid and flexible thing. But it's a living document. It's something that will guide you for the rest of your life. But you'll tweak it and revise it as necessary depending on the season that you're in. All right. Another great place for us to just take a pause. And want to come back. Michael, I want to talk a little bit more about action steps. What are the practical uh, immediate things I can do right now. We've got those three questions. What happens next? Michael Hyatt, co-author of Living Forward, michaelhyatt.com, when we return. Extraordinary stories of ordinary heroes. This is On Purpose with Justin Barclay on the Blaze Radio Network. The notion of retroactive classification is nonsense. It does not exist. Something is classified or it is not. Her claim that others had done this. Yeah, others had had private email accounts. They hadn't set up a private server and exclusively used that private email account on that private server for this business. Although I will say that I think it's unlikely she'll be indicted because Loretta Lynch at the Department of Justice won't actually bring charges no matter what the FBI finds. Sexton. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. Extraordinary stories of ordinary heroes. This is On Purpose with Justin Barclay on the Blaze Radio Network. He was at the top of his game until one day the health scare knocked him off the corporate ladder to success. But he's used that specific pain and turned it into his purpose to help people start living forward. Michael Hyatt. So let's talk a little bit more about some of the action steps and what you actually recommend doing in the book. The book's called Living Forward. And, and of course, we'll give you a link to, to check this out. But uh, give, give, me, uh, give me some things, some practice. This is what I really like, by the way, Michael, is that a lot of these books, you know, you know, because you're in the publishing industry. And a lot of these books are pretty flowery and they say some cool things and they make you feel good. But you really, uh, you guys really give us some practical steps here. Well, this comes down to the third question is how do I get from where I am to where I want to be in every area of my life? 
And that requires at least three things. One is you got to be clear on the destination, kind of like a GPS system. It's not going to work until you plug in the destination. Mm. Then you got to be really honest with your current reality. Okay. If that's the destination, and I'll give you an example in a minute, then what's the reality? Mm-hmm. And then you can make the specific commitments that will get you from here to there. Mm. And so let me start with the envisioned future. This to me is the most fun part of creating a life plan is just to begin to imagine, use our God-given imagination to think, what do I really want in these various accounts? So for example, I have a marriage account and this is my envisioned future. I've been married, by the way, for 37 years, Congrats. but here's what I said. Now write this in the present tense. And again, this is my envisioned future. Not all of this is a reality yet, but here's what I say. My love for Gail grows daily. She is my best friend, my intimate ally, my partner, and my lover. There is no one I would rather spend time with than her. We share with one another our deepest dreams, our secret fears, and our most profound experiences. We are always learning new things together. Though not perfect, our marriage is a model and an encouragement to others. Hmm. So that's my envisioned future. That's what I want someplace in the, in the future, you know, before I die. But what's the specific reality? Or the, yeah, the, the, the re- current reality. And so, you know, I have to be honest. I mean, frankly, for me, during this book launch, uh, we have not spent a lot of time together. And I know that, you know, that that may be okay for a few weeks. But if we don't get back to date night soon, the risk is that we're going to start drifting in our relationship and it'll be really mm-hmm. subtle. Mm-hmm. And it's like the frog boiled in the, in the kettle. You know, it oh, just happens sure. one degree at a time. So then you got to be really painfully honest in, the, in your life plan with what your current reality is and then make specific commitments about how you get from here to there. And, and I think a lot of people get stuck here because they think unless they can see the entire path and maybe it's a career objective or it's something in their health and maybe they would look, like to be in the best shape of their life and they'd like to be fit, they'd like to be lean, they'd like to have all the energy they, they need to uh, take on the tasks that they want to do. But the reality is they're 60 pounds overweight, they're couch potato, they're eating junk food, <laughs> you know, all the rest. <laughs> so how do you get from here to there? Well, here's the good news. You don't have to see the entire path. It's like, a, it's like driving a car through a forest at night. The headlights are going to illumine 50 to 100 yards, and that's enough. <laughs> but you can't get to the, to the destination unless you're willing to start and get moving. And so we encourage you to identify three or four specific commitments that you're really going to make and keep that will move you in the direction of the destination. And that's really all it takes. And we give you tons of examples in the book of all of these. In fact, we have four complete life plans at the end of the book. Mm. So you can see what other people in other walks of life have come up with. That's such a great picture, too, because when you start anything, of course, it can really kind of be a scary thing. And you're starting into the darkness of the unknown of where is this going right. to take me? So, it, as I said in the book, and, and that's why one of the things I really like uh, about the book is, like I said, the practical steps. Here is step one, two and three. And here's what we recommend. The other thing that I really like is, especially in my life, I think um I love my freedom <laughs> and I think I always have, you know, it's been my personality, but the struggle that I, I also the challenge anyway, that I also seem to deal with as well is that, uh, it's I've got to balance it between my freedom and then discipline. And I've been finding lately anyway, that I can achieve more freedom 
through discipline, which I don't really like, but I have to, right? Come right. to terms with. And I really like that in a lot of terms, I'm giving myself like these railings that like if you go bumper bowling, you know, you get those, those rails and I've got to kind of give myself these little railways or these railings to kind of keep myself on course. And I noticed that in the book, you're doing that by um, setting up times to kind of check in. Can we talk about that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. The last third of the book is all about implementing the plan. I mean, once you get a life plan, you know, great, congratulate yourself, but now you have to live it. (laughs) And so we talk about implementing it and we talk about specifically how it's challenging for people to take on new commitments, commitments, which they've ginned up in their life plan when their life is probably already overflowing and they feel overcommitted and overwhelmed. And so one of the things we talk about initially is that you've got to clear the decks on your calendar. You've got to uh, perform calendar triage and go back and say, okay, now that I'm clear on my priorities, now about that I'm clear on the destination, what are the commitments in my calendar that are actually in the way? Hmm. And what are the commitments that I could completely get rid of? What are those that I could negotiate out of? What are those that I need to make sure I don't get in going forward so that I can make time for what matters most? We talk about, talk about the ultimate uh, guardrail, so to speak, is creating your ideal week. You know, this is the week that if you could control 100% of your time, and we know that that doesn't typically happen, but if you could, what would it look like? Most people don't know. And then if you work with a staff to have them aware of that so they can begin to schedule things so that they fit in with your ideal week so that it corresponds with the life that you really have envisioned in your life plan. And then we really recommend that you review your life plan on a regular basis daily for the first 90 days and then about once a week thereafter. Because you don't want to lose focus. This is going to become for you a rudder on your boat so that you don't just drift aimlessly on the ocean of life. But a life plan is like a rudder, but you've got to keep it top of mind because so often the important gets crowded out by the urgent. Hmm. And the way that you keep that from happening is keep reviewing the vision, keep reviewing your commitments, keep moving in the direction of your desire. Michael, I know the answer because I've read the book, but for people that are listening along, does this life plan ever change? I mean, I I know that we review it uh, daily and then once a week, but uh, are things going to kind of stay the same or or is it uh, flexible? Yeah, it's totally flexible. You know, this is something you're going to be tweaking and revising for the rest of your life because you're going to be going in and out of seasons. Mm. You know, maybe you've started a new new job and that's one season where it's kind of all hands on deck and and you're trying to make it work. Or maybe you had a new baby or maybe you've had a couple new babies, (laughs) you know, or maybe you've been laid off or, you know, any number of things can happen. And I sometimes um, get this from people, Justin, where people say, um, Gosh, what's the point of planning? Because all this stuff happens that we didn't plan on. How do we adjust? Well, that's like trying to go on a vacation and say, look, you know, there may be weather, there may be road construction. So why even plan? Let's just get in the car and drive till we get someplace we like. Hmm. That doesn't usually work. Mm -mm. And so you've got to be clear on the destination, but you've got to be flexible on how you get there. Mm -hmm. And that's got to flex based on the circumstances of your life. And the life plan makes that possible. And just to piggyback on that, because I think you do such a great job illustrating these things. But, you know, I think of when you go on vacation and you know where you're going, even if you hit some construction, it doesn't mean you stop and turn around. And life's kind of like that. Right. Right. We're always going to have those things, backups, construction. 
but really uh, with this with this this approach, right? Living forward, you, you're much better suited to deal with them. Absolutely. Then it just becomes a detour, but the destination still remains in sight. So you know you can plan around that, you can accommodate it, but without a plan, you know you could just wander for years, I suppose. Mm-hmm. You know, not really be getting anywhere. But when you're clear on the destination. Then you attract the right kind of strategy. For example, if I decide that I, I want a tremendous relationship with my wife and I realize that our communication is not very good, mm-hmm. then I'm willing to go out and get the resources I need to help me to get to the destination I've chosen. So whether it's reading a book together or getting counseling or doing something, yeah. but to not settle and not just kind of throw up your hands and say, well, you know, I guess we weren't made for each other. You know, any relationship can be improved if it's worked on and if you bring in the outside resources that equip you to do your best. And it sounds like, and I know we got to wrap this up here shortly, but it sounds like when you talked about those accounts earlier, there might be times in your life where you may borrow from one account to help the other account. But as long as you are putting the system in place, you're not going to drift too far off because you'll always kind of have that destination in sight. Yes. Well, for example, in the middle of this book launch while we're out promoting Living Forward, you know, Gail and I sat down and we said, okay, here's what's this going to require during this season. It's going to mean me on the road more than I've been for the last couple of years. And I'm going to be out speaking and she's going with me as much as she can, but not to every engagement. And as, as long as we both acknowledge that and recognize that it's a season that it's going to come to an end and two weeks from today, we're actually leaving on vacation. So we've got a plan to get that part of our life back in balance. Mm. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's flexible like that. And this is kind of your adventure. So you can choose to do whatever you want, but it goes much better when you plan it, when you design it and then attempt to live that plan. Michael Hyatt, the book is called Living Forward, a proven plan to stop drifting and get the life you want, which is what I love. That's what sold me. Hold on. I get to get what I want. <laughs> so, so that's awesome. really cool. man. You know what I loved about this book? It's such it's a quick read and it's so practical. Um, there's really no excuse not to pick this up and you can get through it. Within, I mean, I got through it within a day. It's short, right? Yeah, it was great. Just the right. I think just the right length, actually. Good. Perfect. But um, if people want to get in touch with you, because, you know, you really do have some great resources. Thank you. Um, where can they find uh, find you online? The best place to find me is at my blog, which is michaelhyatt.com. And that's got a link to my podcast, which I do every week. And it's got a link to all the other resources, courses and different things we create. And then the book, if you want just the book information, you can go to livingforwardbook.com. And uh and I encourage, I'll say it, uh, check out the podcast. I, I, I've been a fan uh, of, that, of that podcast for, for a while now, Michael. I think that's probably how I found you. You know, it's, it's funny because I started out as a blogger. And increasingly, when I meet people, it's not the blog that they're familiar with, but it's the podcast. Probably nine out of ten people that talk to me when I'm in public or at a conference, they talk about the podcast. I just loved how you were... You know, I just when I and this was right in the beginning. So hearing you knowing that you're just at, you know, in, in your office there at home, uh, it, you know, just having this conversation and letting people kind of in and peek behind the curtain of what it what it was that you were doing. I, I was just it was just so cool. 
So look, I, I just appreciate uh, everything you do for folks, and uh, we appreciate you sharing. You know the things that you've gone through, right? I really think that that means. Well, that really is the meaning of living on purpose. Taking those lessons that life teaches us and sharing them with other people. I appreciate you being here today, Michael. Thank you, Justin. Great to be with you. There we have it. Another episode in the books, Michael Hyatt. And again, if you want to check out Michael's book, Living Forward, a proven plan to stop drifting and get the life you want, Michael Hyatt and Daniel Harkavy uh, will put the link online justinbarclay.com slash purpose zero zero three and i should have mentioned this earlier but you know if you read the the testimonials from some of the people that have written uh like john c maxwell dave ramsey you know the tony robbins right seth godin david allen these are these are like these are like great testimonials to have on this book seth is the best up front a step-by-step approach to one of life's greatest challenges and that's really It's a great way to describe this. Um, And, of course, he's got some other really cool resources on his website, too. So if you go to justinbarkley.com slash purpose 003, uh, we'll give you a link to all the show notes, everything Michael said, all the great resources and, uh, and more there. Plus, I got all kinds of great stuff I want to give you. I have a great newsletter. I send out tips, tricks, inspiration. And I'd love to send you some good stuff. You can text the word Justin right now to 44222. That's Justin to 44222. And you can join the all access newsletter. It's kind of a party. It's not like the normal, usual email junk you get from most people, right? (laughs) Because everything we do is... You know, just uh, just a little bit different. We do it on purpose. Until next time, cheers to your life on purpose. Yeah.